the different types of mutations. So we're going to talk about three and then we're going to kind of pick apart that third one real quick. So um, the first one is point mutations. Uh, and this is where one DNA base is replaced with another. For example, a thymine is replaced with an adenine. Okay. So if you have the, um, if you have your original strand as CTC and then a mutation occurs and now it's CAC. So you see how that single base was replaced. Okay. That obviously changes the strand itself because during translation, tRNA reads CTC differently from CAC and it fetches a different amino acid. So now you have a different amino acid in your line of amino acids that you call the polypeptide than what you normally would have. That's the point mutation. Pretty easy. Number two is frame shift mutation. And this is, um, is the addition of a new or extra base. Okay. Point mutation was all about swapping. You know, instead of adenine, you have thymine or vice versa. Okay. This one, you are adding something random. So say you had the strand uh, TCC and then you randomly add an A somewhere. TCAC, you just, you just add it. Okay. That is frame shift mutations. And this is actually presents a more unique challenge or not challenges. Mutations aren't always negative, um, but it definitely has a more significant effect than point mutations. Because if you recall, RNA is read in units of three known as codons, right? So if you add, um, if you add a, a, a random base, it throws off how the entire strand is read from the mutation all the way to the end of the strand. So that's why frame shift mutations have a, a pose, or are, uh, significantly affect, have a greater effect um, than point mutations. Notice that these two are named, uh, point mutations and frame, muta frame shift mutations are named based on how they affect the DNA, not the protein. Both of them was how the DNA strand was changed. Number, so those were the first two. Number three, um, and all the ones we're gonna talk about from now on, are, are named based on how they affect the protein instead of the DNA sequence. Uh, so number three is nonsense and missense mutations. Okay, so I know those are two separate types of mutations. Let's start with the easier one. Nonsense mutations are, are any genetic mutations that lead to RNA sequence becoming a stop codon. Basically, any time a mutation leads to the, the creation of a stop codon, that's a nonsense mutation. Okay, so, uh, you know, I have one here. You know, the normal strand, say you have the strand ACA. If you transcribe that, you get UGU. And then if you look at one of those tables, how you can find out, you know, the corresponding amino acids, you get the amino acid cysteine. Okay, so again, we had ACA to UGU to cysteine. However, if you take that ACA and perform a point, uh, a point mutation and you make it ACT, now that transcribes to UGA. And UGA, if you look at that table, trust me, fact check this, you'll find it. UGA corresponds to or is a stop codon. Right. So this is a prime example of a nonsense mutation because, uh, you know, it's, it's very problematic because it um, it affects the resulting protein much more because it literally halts any protein elongation. Right. Maybe your protein was set to be 100 amino acids long, but the third one, the mutation occurs, this nonsense mutation. And now instead of 100 uh, amino acid polypeptide, you have a three amino acid polypeptide. So we can see that nonsense mutations are, you know, even greater of a change than frame shift mutations, um, given, you know, given that they occur when and where they do. Uh, so that's nonsense mutations. Missense mutations are a little bit less specific. They're more ambiguous. And this is the one that we're going to talk about more. Missense mutations are any genetic mutation that changes one amino acid to another. Okay. So it's not it's specifically a stop codon producing mutation. It's just any time an amino acid is changed. For example, if you have ACA to UGU, which again produces cysteine, as we talked about, this time you change ACA to ACC. This creates UGG, which is TRP for the amino acid. 
Uh, and so, so we see that it's a change, but it doesn't necessarily produce a stop codon. So nonsense mutations are really kind of how we define this distinction because nonsense mutations form the stop codon, missense uh, mutations form just a different amino acid. Okay? Um, and we can actually further subdivide missense mutations into silent mutations, conservative mutations, and non-conservative mutations. And this has to do with the, um, the amino acid that is... Uh, that comes or arises as a result of the mutation. Okay, so the silent mutation, first of all, uh, is where the mutation doesn't affect the protein at all. Okay, and you might say, how how is that possible? I thought you know you know a simple point mutation uh, or like a simple switch in the example of hemoglobin the sickle cell uh, hemoglobin hemoglobin sickle it was a single um, base change. So I thought you know problems like that you know, um, are much more bigger than we realize. And yes, that's true. But in the case of silent mutations, what you'll notice is that multiple RNA codons often code for the same amino acid. I'll repeat that. Multiple RNA codons, so multiple three base units, code for the same amino acid. And I'll give you an example. CCA, CCG, CCT, and CCC. I just mentioned four codons. All of which, if you look at that table uh, that tells you the corresponding amino acids, um, all of these code for glycine. Therefore, like for example, a mutation from CCA to CCG, yeah, you change one of the bases, but there's actually no effect on the resulting protein because both CCA and CCG both code for glycine. So you're still going to select glycine. So this is a silent mutation where nothing is really affected. The base is changed at the DNA sequence level, but the protein experiences no change. Number two is conservative mutations where the new amino acid is, is, is a different amino acid. You know, so in silent mutations, we produce the exact same amino acid, glycine. Even if it, we used CCA or if that CCA mutated to CCG, we still get glycine. Okay? In conservative mutations, we don't get you know, the same amino acid, but we get an amino acid of a similar type. And when I say type, I'm indicating factors such as acidity, polarity, alkalinity, um, etc. You know, uh, sulfur composition. Uh, so in the case of glutamic acid and aspartic acid, right? These are different amino acids, but they're both acidic. So the protein alteration occurs, but the effects of the mutation are minimal because being acids, uh, they, they, they behave similarly, right? That's why they're grouped together as acids because of how they behave uh, in, you know, relative to pH and, you know, environments as such. Um, so in this conservative mutation, you do experience a change. It's not like silent mutation where there is no change in the protein. There is a change, but the effects of the mutation are minimal. Finally, we have non-conservative mutations, and this is the exact opposite. You can probably guess what this is, is where the new amino acid is a different type from the original amino acid regarding polarity, sulfur composition, pH, uh, alkalinity, etc. Uh, and the example of this is serine to phenylalanine. Uh, serine is very polar and it's very small. And then phenylalanine, you know, phenyl, right? It has that ring structure, so it's aromatic, it's large, and it's non-polar, okay? Um, and so those are all the types of mutations. What we saw was we had uh, point mutations, we had frame shift mutations, and then we had nonsense and missense. Nonsense we defined easily as it creates a, produces a stop codon, and then missense we further subdivided it into silent, conservative, and non-conservative mutations. Note that all the nonsense and missense stuff, um, mutations are classified relative to their effect on the protein, while the um, point and frame shift mutations uh, were classified based on uh, how they affect the DNA, okay, more upstream. Uh, a quick example is HB to HBS, so uh, hemoglobin to hemoglobin sickle, and this is both a point mutation and a non-conservative mutation. Point mutation because one DNA base is affected, 
right? And it's non-conservative, right? Non-conservative where you have amino acids that are completely different because uh, uh, glutamic acid uh, is switched to valine. This residue change, ex you know, experiences that residue change. And this is possible because glut glutamic acid and valine differ by one DNA base. So therefore this HB to HBS is actually both a point mutation and a non-conservative mutation.